And, and, and st- something else that we see here is not only did, was he strong, did he have all the resources that he felt like he needed, it says that he abandoned the law of the Lord. Now here's something, if you think about the word abandon, see, to abandon something means that you had to have it before, Right? So in other words, King Rehoboam, at one point in his life, he knew the law of the Lord because it was passed down to him from King David, from Solomon, from the people of Israel. But what happened is King Rehoboam, over time, abandoned following the law of the Lord. You may well say, Sam, I'm not going to wake up one day and say, I'm going to abandon the law of the Lord. I'm going to abandon walking with the Lord. And See, for Rehoboam, I don't think it happened overnight. I think it was this gradual process that happened in his life. And we, we can see that through David. At the end of David's life, he, he had some struggles. At the end of Solomon's life, he had lots of struggles. And then and what happened is it came to Rehoboam. He had all these struggles, these generational challenges that they had not walked with the Lord. You know, for, for you and I, it's this thing called complacency. <laughs> and, and I think the tactic that the enemy loves to use in our life is complacency. It's this idea, well, hey, I, I don't need to go to church for a few weeks. It's okay. I don't need to read my Bible today. I don't need to pray today. And what happens is as complacency sets in, it becomes a routine and a pattern in our life. And all of a sudden, we're, we're just like Rehoboam. And, and we have abandoned the law of the Lord and walking with the Lord. See, it's this intentional aspect of our life that we must be intentional about seeking him each and every way that our attention is fully on him. Because here's the truth. God is deserving of our full attention. He is worthy of our worship and our praise and our focus, and he deserves our full attention. What distracts you from keeping your attention on the will and the plan of God? Is it your job? Is it your work? Is it uh, your, your financial challenges that you maybe have? Or is it social media? Is it culture What things are distracting you from putting your full attention on the Lord? You know, I I don't know if you've noticed over the last couple years, but it's becoming increasingly challenging to be an undistracted driver, right? (laughs) Especially if you're on the highway, right? If you're driving on the highway, uh, not only are you trying to do your best to get to where you are going, to follow the maps, to take the right exits, But you have to compete with all these other things, right? You've got other drivers that are on the highway. Half of them drive like they're really, really mad at somebody. The other half drive like they're really, really lost. And so like you're competing, you're trying to get where you're trying to go, and you've got these people who are mad, and you've got these people who are distracted, and then you've got all these billboards all over the side of the road. Bucky's gas station, 30 miles, 300 flavors of beef jerky, right? Like, how are you supposed to compete with that? And then, then you got your car. You got inside your car, you got the radio, you got the air conditioner, you got your cell phone, all of which are beeping and going off and people are arguing about them. And then you got this woman named Siri in your car telling you you should have turned back there, right? Make a roundabout turn. Find a, a legal place to do a U-turn. And then after I miss my turn, my wife loves to tell me, hey, I would have turned back there. <laughs> Sorry, Kelly. Just, just speaking, right? And then after that, not to mention if you have kids, they're asking, when are we going to be there? And then the other one's saying, I had to go to the bathroom 30 minutes ago. I mean, it's a wonder any of us get to where we're supposed to go, right? <laughs> it's a miracle. You know, for us in life, there are so many distractions. 
There are so many things that take our eyes off the Lord Jesus. We have what's happening in the world. We have social media. We have our work. We have all these things that are competing for our attention, uh, for the attention that God deserves. I mean, just like as you're driving, the road deserves your attention, right? What happens if you don't keep your eyes on the road, right? Bad things can happen. Brothers and sisters, if our attention is not on the Lord Jesus, can I tell you, we're gonna miss God's plan and purpose for our life. We're gonna miss those divine appointments that God gives us in our life. You know, I I think God deserves our full attention. And so we need to ask ourselves, where is our attention? Where is our focus? For King Rehoboam and Israel, they lost attention on the law of the Lord. And what, what did that result for them? Is they missed out on God's blessing over them. And so I encourage you, you know, check your attention. Is your attention on the Lord? And how do you check if your attention's on the Lord? I would say, what are your intentions, right? And this is the next thing you can write down. Uh, what divided the heart of Rehoboam and the people of Israel? They had divided intentions. See, their, their intentions were not in the law of the Lord. Uh, it says in our passage that in verse three, in, in the fifth year of Rehoboam, because they had been unfaithful to the Lord, Shisha, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem, right? See, their intentions, their intentions were, were not on following the law of the Lord. And what happened as a result of it? God said, hey, if you think you have all this pride, you think you got it on your own, well, try, try uh, standing up to the king of Egypt. And, and so they, they came against him. And so their intentions were always to be in battle and, and to go against uh, what the Lord says. Rehoboam says, I want to do things my way. And we get a glimpse of that in 1 Kings 12. You know, as, as King Re, uh, Rehoboam came into to power, he, he went to the elders that Solomon had, and he says, he went to them and says, what do I need to do as a king, right? And, and they were honest with him. In 1 Kings 12, they said, if you will be a servant to this people today, talking about the people of Israel, and serve them and speak good words to them, and, and when you answer them, uh, when they will be your servants forever, but he abandoned the council. So essentially what happened is Rehoboam went to the elders that gave wisdom and discernment to his father, King Solomon, and he asked them, what do I need to do as a king? And they basically tell him, hey, you need to serve the people. Your position as a king is to follow the Lord, follow the law of the Lord, but it's also to lead the people. And it's this idea not of the people serving you, but as a king, you serve the people. It's the idea of servant leadership. We see it modeled in Christ Jesus as he came here on this earth, right? And so there's this this point where uh, the elders are telling Rehoboam, hey, you've got to serve the people. And, and, And it says right here that he abandoned the council. In other words, he says, I'm not gonna listen to what they say. I'm gonna do what I want to do, what I think is gonna benefit me. And it goes on to say that not only did he abandon their council, that he was harder on the people of Israel than his father was. And so he abandoned the council and and he looked to always serve himself. See, his intentions were not on following the law of the Lord, but his intentions were on serving himself. If you ever wonder where your intentions are, look what you're intentionally doing, right? If your intentions are to honor and please the Lord, right, or, or to help others, Look how you're intentionally spending your time, right? You'll, you'll be out serving others. You'll be out helping them, right? If your intentions are to serve yourself, 
What are you gonna be intentionally doing? You're gonna be intentionally doing things to bring yourself up. That's what we see in King Rehoboam's life, and there's a real leadership principle here. Real leaders don't look to be served. Real leaders look to serve those around them. King Rehoboam missed that. You know, I, I believe as Christians, we have all been placed in a position of leadership. God has given us a position of leadership that we can be in our sphere of the influence, uh, an agent, a person who can influence others towards Christ. Wherever you are, whether uh, in your workplace or in your family or you're uh, the CEO of a Fortune 500, you have been given influence. And the best way to be the leader that God has called you is not to look to serve yourself, but look to be a servant leader and serve those around you. That's the call of a leader. How do you, and you say, well, Sam, how do you do that? <laughs> it starts with relationships. It starts with building relational connections with those whom God has trusted with you. Know the people that God has called you to serve I was thinking about this the other day. A few months ago, I was helping uh, deliver some furniture to a family in need, and, and I was pulling a trailer behind my truck, and, and uh, I had the trailer on there, and uh, I felt like I hooked it up really well, but apparently I didn't. And I was driving with the trailer, and as I was driving along, I hit a pretty big bump in the road. And just out of a reaction, I thought, you know, I'm gonna look in my rearview mirror to make sure the trailer was still there. <laughs> the trailer was not there. <laughs> You talk about feeling a level of nervousness and fear like I have never experienced in my life before. And, and so I, I, I quickly turn around. The trailer was there in the middle of the road. Luckily, nobody was hurt. I hooked it back up, and, and, and we were, I was back on my way. Uh, but I learned a valuable lesson that day. The trailer.